I hope I can get some well-known guests. We'll see. Uh, any recommendations, though, for my first guest? Any recommendations out there for my first guest? Drinking a Royals Cup today. Don't let him get hot. Don't let him get hot. Two wins in a row. Brendan or Nick Lewis. <laughs> or me. Uh, oh, also, Billy Preston. Also, my podcast artwork on iTunes is a complete disaster. I might be the least artistically gifted person on the earth. And Cindy Self, I'm not a blindist. I am not a person that hates blind people, but I'm just saying a blind person create could create better artwork than I could on my iTunes artwork. So I'm really, I'm just, this is a cry for help. This is a cry for help. It's not good. If you're good at graphic design and want to help a brother out, please help me out with my iTunes artwork. It's, it's a disaster. It really is. It's a disaster. So with all that being said, today we are talking... Everything you could want to know about the Romeo Langford decision tomorrow night, where I think he will end up playing. We're going to talk about the NFL draft and the takeaways I have, uh, some life advice. I have a big PSA for the people that dig up tweets from like seven years ago that athletes sent out when they were like 15. Got a big public service announcement for those folks. And then lastly, our shooter shoot is the high school prom engagement debacle. Saw a couple on Twitter this week get engaged at prom. I'm not here for it. I'm absolutely not here for it. I took some criticism for that take. Because love, you, uh, your age cannot determine whether you love someone or not. So we'll break down that argument as well. <laughs> so those are, those are going to be the topics we hit today. <sighs> so right quick, NFL Draft. Crazy stat for you guys. On the opening night of the NFL Draft, the NFL Draft drew 11 million viewers. And the NBA playoffs only drew 2.4 million. So the NFL draft, just the draft, still kicked the NBA playoffs right in the booty cheeks. And it's just, it's really just a testament to how crazy of a country we are for football, right? So let's break down the draft for a second. I, I, I like the draft, I guess. Um, I think it's interesting to see where my favorite college guys go, what teams take which quarterbacks, uh, what teams move up and trade, all that stuff. I don't think it's bad theater. Uh, what do, what does entertain me, though, is like all the normal dudes on Twitter that are convinced that they're like draft experts. And their logic is uh, basically if they've heard of the guy and they've seen him play even like one time, like they legitimately might have only seen him play one time, but that's good enough if they've at least heard of him that makes their team's pick a good one. A good, plausible draft choice if they have heard of the player. And then, if they haven't heard of the guy their favorite team drafted, then it's like the worst pick ever, right? It's the worst pick. Oh, I've never heard of that guy. He's going to suck. Random t random Twitter guy cracks me up. Uh, mock draft guys crack me up. Um, it's, I, I, just, I just can't take them seriously. Um, believe it or not... They believe, in fact, that they know more about the NFL draft and all of the 1,000 players in the pool than the NFL GMs and the NFL scouts, and it, it just cracks me up. So I'm sorry to break it to mock draft guys on Twitter, but nobody really cares about your mock draft, just like nobody cares about your March Madness bracket, just like no one cares about fantasy football. I'm sorry. And I'm not going to sit here. We're not going to. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that X player had an amazing combine, had amazing measurables, and whatever player is going to fit into the vaunted three-four scheme. If you want breakdowns like that, 
Our mock draft guys on Twitter can probably get them for you. But this is really what I take away from the NFL draft. The best part about the NFL draft to me is the stories of the kids that weren't recruited out of high school or they had to go to junior college. Everyone told them that they weren't good enough, that they couldn't make it, and then they did it, right? Three first-round draft picks this year started as walk-ons in college. Baker Mayfield, number one overall pick, walked on twice. He walked on twice, and then he became the first player in any professional sport to go from walk-on in college to the number one overall pick, right? Leighton Vander Esch, I think is his name. First off, making it to the NFL with that name is a, overcoming a lot of adversity in itself. But he walked on at Boise State, first-round draft pick for the Cowboys. Uh, Hayden Hurst out of South Carolina, tight end, walked on at South Carolina, first-round draft pick. Right? Pretty incredible stories. All of these guys could have easily given up and just gone to college as a normal student. The high D1 guys weren't recruiting them. They could have just gone to a giant state school, became a frat dude. You know, just lived a normal life, right? Nobody really recruited them. They had to pay their own way. Would have been so easy for them to just quit and live a normal life and let their dreams die, but that didn't happen. And I think I think these stories are the best part about the draft, whether it be NFL, NBA, NHL. That is the best part to me about these drafts, the stories about the kids that weren't supposed to be there. And this this isn't just a lesson for football players. This isn't just a lesson for athletes. I think these stories can be an inspiration for anyone in any walk of life. So I'm going to get deep on you guys for just one second. We normally like to joke around, but if you have if you have a dream, don't let people that know nothing about you, that know nothing about your drive, that know nothing about your desire to succeed, tell you that you can't do something, right? It only takes one person to believe, and that's yourself. Take a chance, take a risk, because most people aren't willing to take a chance on what they love to do, on what they're passionate about, because it might be different than what's normal. It might be hard. It might not be the most orthodox path. Forget that. Forget that. You will regret, and later in life, you will regret not taking a chance on pursuing your dreams and what you love. If you fail, who cares? Every successful person in the world has failed at one point or another, and that that's what makes you better, right? That's what makes you stronger. That's what builds character. And re- regret doesn't lie in putting yourself out there, giving it all, giving it your all and coming up a tiny bit short. There's nothing embarrassing about that. Where regret comes in is in the things you didn't try. Regret lies in the what could have been. Regret lies in the man, I wish I would have tried this thing, but I didn't have the courage to do it. I didn't have the balls to do it. And and that's where I get more respect for the athletes that were maybe overlooked or maybe didn't have the talent to initially go play D1. And you know what? They loved it so much that they went to a Juco or they went to a D2 or they went to a D3 because they were chasing their dreams, right? When you have the talent and have the offers to go play at the Division One level initially, I think that's a pretty easy choice to make. Nobody's going to second-guess you doing that, but people will start second-guessing you and wondering what like, what you're thinking when you go to a JUCO or when you go to an NAIA. And, and people will say, well, he or she's wasting their time there. They could go get a better education at a state school. No, 
No, man. Um, I, I just have the ultimate amount of respect for the guys like Baker Mayfield, for the guys like Josh Allen that went to a Juco first and had the balls to see their dreams through. So once again, this is, this is a little soapbox here. We don't normally do this. If you want to be an author, you want if you want to be an author, go write in your free time. Go find an editor who will look at your work. Who cares if your friends think you're wasting your time? If you want to be a teacher, maybe your friends or your parents tell you that you won't make enough money doing that. Screw them. Life's not about who can make the most money. And not everyone is going to be successful and rich by following their dreams. I think you guys know that. But in 25 years, if you wake up and you get to do something you love every day, that's going to be a lot better feeling rolling out of bed than if you're working at a job that you hate to go to every day. But hey, it might pay you well. It might pay you more, but you're going to hate it. So life lesson here is be happy. Thank you, guy. Go chase your dreams now. Chasing your dreams is for big ballers. Be one. And that is the story of the NFL draft to me. Okay. Other takeaways I had. I tweeted this out. <laughs> is it bad that I legitimately believe Sam Darnold will be a star in the NFL on the sole basis that his grandfather is named Dick Hammer? Is, is that bad? I can't I can't envision failure in a guy whose grandpa is named Dick Hammer. I, I just don't think it's possible when you got that kind of juju going for you in the gene pool. So you might as well pencil Sam Darnold in the Hall of Fame right now. Just do it right this second. Um, also, Virginia. Another takeaway: Virginia Tech had two brothers get drafted in the first round. So Trav, I'm just saying it's not too late. It's not too late for the fellas to get drafted in the first round together. Um, more takeaways from the draft. The number one overall pick in this year's draft had to transfer schools because Patrick Mahomes was better than him. That is my quarterback. That is the Chiefs quarterback. I think that I thought I saw that on a tweet. I thought that was funny. Um, the Bills passed. Uh, another thing, the Bills passed on the chance last year to draft Patrick Mahomes. To this year come uh, and trade up to draft a guy in Josh Allen who couldn't even get second team all Mountain West. I thought that's pretty funny. That seems like a Bills thing to do. And that's a good segue to our uh, next topic. We'll get to, if you're here for Romeo Langford, we'll get to that in a second. But the whole, the whole con, this is, I'm going to get fired up about this, so be careful. Be ready. The whole concept of, the Griffin brothers on the Seahawks, another good feel story. Everyone hates my Patriots. Right? Yeah, we'll take a question break real quick. Um, the Griffin brothers is a really cool story. The guy that um, doesn't have a right arm, I believe, for UCF, single-handedly won him a national championship. Uh, he got drafted by the Seahawks where his brother plays. That's another good story from the NFL draft. Chasing your dreams. Big ballers do it. That is the lesson of today's show. But... If we don't have questions, we'll do Josh Allen in the tweets real quick. This whole concept of people going back and finding old athletes' tweets from six or even seven or eight years ago has officially made it to the mountaintop of things that piss me off, okay? I'm sure most of you have been on social media over the past couple of days and seen all of this, but if you haven't, 
tweets that Josh Allen, the number seven overall pick, went to the Buffalo Bills. Tweets he sent from six or seven years ago have been making rounds uh, around the internet for being inappropriate from when he sent when he was 15 years old. Um, some of them were like, uh, <laughs> one of them was like, I love penis. One of them was like, uh, driving naked, greater than, greater than, greater than. That's a weird thing to do in my or in Wyoming. Um, the one that really pissed people off was, why are you so white? If it ain't white, it ain't right. Which, um, not good, obviously. But it, he said it was a quote from Modern Family. Uh, he also tweeted, making hoes wobble like an earthquake. So, he tweets all this stuff like seven years ago. And then, of course... The Twitter mafia comes after him saying he's a racist, saying he's a terrible human being, saying he's gay, saying he's a homophobe, all this stuff. Does he love penis or was he joking? <laughs> I, he, obviously he was joking. Or maybe his friend stole his phone. But the bigger picture here is this. In the United States of America, what do we do with juvenile offenders? When kids get in trouble in this country... We mark down their crimes as juvenile offenses, and then you know what happens? They eventually get tossed away. If a boy gets arrested, or girl, when he is 15 or 16, and it doesn't like get plastered all over the news, nobody will know about it when they become an adult, because those records eventually go away, right? We, as a country, have decided that if you're a kid, you are too young to be held accountable for actual criminal offenses, right? There is a completely different standard for crimes committed when you're 14 and 15 versus when you become an actual adult. And you know why we've decided that? It's because kids are not fully developed emotionally. They're not fully developed intellectually when they're 15 and 14. It's not even close, okay? So if, if in our country we don't take actual criminal offenses seriously when they're 15 why why are we holding tweets tweets against guys when they did them when they were 15 <sighs> should he have tweeted these things no would it have been better if he didn't tweet them yes but i and you guys should not be getting worked up about what a 15 year old tweeted you got do you guys realize how stupid 15-year-old boys are, they might be the single dumbest group of people on the earth. That might be the single individual demographic that has the least intelligent value on the earth. 15-year-old boys. They are light years away from being mature. Every single one of you did something dumb when you were 15. I did as well. I did a lot of things that were dumb that I regretted when I was 15, but I was 15. So, my next question of this situation it's happened about this whole scenario has happened a bunch where people will go back dig up an old tweet of a famous person or a celebrity that they tweeted when they were a kid it happened with dante divincenzo of villanova the night of the national championship game it happened with josh allen i'm sure we'll see it with other athletes too most dogs are smarter than 15 year old boys right so my question is this yeah, kids rock. My question for this whole situation, for the people that go back and dig these things up, is this. How little of a wee-wee do you have to have to see these guys experiencing the best moments of their entire life and being like, you know what I'm going to do? 
I'm going to go back seven years and find offensive tweets so I can expose them. Get a fucking life. It's embarrassing to our country that people go out of their way to try and bring guys like this living in the best moment of their life down. These guys are living out their dreams. They're in the very best moments of their life. And you are going back seven years and tweeting out what they said when they were 15? Are you serious? So to the people, to the people, we're going to do a little, uh, I'm going to give them some instructions. To the people that go on a safari to find every little thing a famous person tweeted when they were a little kid. I want, I want you guys to do a little experiment. Maybe it can help you. I want you guys that do this to cut off your dick, take your dick, carry it to your microwave, and try to heat it up or defrost it or something. Because there's no way that puppy works. If you were running a kid's tweet from when he was 15, like it's some huge news story, there's no way you have functioning genitalia. There's no chance. Right? These things are not a story. And the, the sad part about it was, whenever this happened, Thursday or Friday, I flipped on ESPN a couple times throughout the day. And they had an entire panel of people sitting around a table analyzing tweets from a 15-year-old kid. And, and they're, like, they're sitting there like, oh, well, you think his draft stock is going to take a hit? Do you guys really honestly believe the National Football League, a league that employs 81 people, 81 current players that have been arrested, I looked it up, 81 players currently in the NFL on active rosters have been arrested. Do you really believe that a guy who tweeted song lyrics six years ago that might have had a racial slur in it or said he loves penis, you think his draft stock is going to fall because of that? ESPN had a panel of guys analyzing this. I, it just, it just, it just drives me insane. So, um, lastly, I also saw a bunch of people that were like, uh, oh, well, if you're, if you're going to be a famous athlete, you should know better. You can't be doing that if you're an athlete. Do, do you really think Josh Allen, when he was 15, thought, you know, what's, you know where I'm going to be in seven years? I'm going to be in the NFL draft. There's no way Josh Allen thought that when he was 15. That this dude looks like a taller version of like the kid in your high school that carried your scholars bowl team to a title. That's what he looks like, a taller version. So it just drives me insane. It it drives me insane. So uh, I think that <laughs> that'll wrap up our Josh Allen tweets talk. Uh, any questions on the tweet gate? It, it, it's my biggest pet peeve when people go back and do that kind of stuff. It just it's just not cool. It's not cool. Everyone was dumb when they were 15. There should be a button where you can go back and like erase all of your tweets before a certain date. Twitter, get on it. We got it. We got to get on it. So with that, we're gonna move on to Romeo. Um, big big day coming up for Kansas, Indiana, and Vanderbilt fans tomorrow. Um, Romeo Langford, number five overall player in the 2018 class, according. According, yeah, the comment section's kind of bad tonight, fellas. What's going on? I know the topics aren't that interesting because nothing's going on, but Mark Cuban made an app that does that. Smart, smart. Okay, so Romeo, 
Romeo Lankford, number five overall player in the 2018 class, according to 247 Sports. McDonald's All-American is set to make his decision tomorrow night, 7, p- 7 p.m. Eastern at his high school in New Albany, Indiana. Three schools left, obviously. Kansas, Indiana, Vanderbilt, Romeo, Romeo, where are thou, Romeo? He's 6'6", six, six, wing, 6'10", six, wingspan. He can shoot the heck out of it. Incredible athlete. Just an unreal talent, right? And I went through this a couple weeks ago. I'll get to your question in a second. I went through this in a couple, a couple weeks ago, but for people that might not be as familiar with the high school kids, a comparison of talent to the other players recently ranked fifth, that's what Romeo is. 2017, fifth-ranked guy was Colin Sexton. You obviously have heard of him. 2016 was Markel Fultz, guy who went number one overall in the draft. 2014 was Carl Anthony Towns, might have heard of him. 2013 was Andrew Harrison. So he's a stud, right? Romeo's a stud. A lot of people, as of late, have been saying that Romeo taking his talents to Indiana is the most likely outcome to occur. Could be true, but a couple of things I want everyone to understand, and I'm going to break this down for you. I'm kind of running under the assumption that it's going to come down to KU and Indiana. You haven't heard a lot of Vanderbilt talk lately, and I'm not going to rule them out per se, but I think most people agree that it's down to Kansas versus Indiana. So one argument I've heard for why Romeo will not be coming to Kansas is the whole FBI situation, right? I personally just don't think that makes a lot of sense, and I'll tell you why. First off, I say this with legitimately, I believe this to be 100% certainty. Nothing is going to happen to Kansas in the next basketball season, at least, okay? When it comes to sanctions or anything like that from the NCAA, nothing will happen in the next basketball season. By the time that season's over, nothing will have happened in that time frame. The NCAA hasn't even started looking into any of these cases, right? It's the FBI. The FBI does not have the power to come in and say, okay, Kansas, you're not going to play in the NCAA tournament this year. The FBI does not have the power to do that. And we all know how slowly the NCAA looks into this kind of stuff. They haven't even started looking at the case. And and with that being said, the FBI listed Kansas as the damaged party in their report. So maybe nothing will happen to them anyway, but certainly nothing will happen in the next basketball season. And I am positive that notion has been relayed to Romeo Langford and the Langford family. So let me ask you this. Does it make sense? Does it make sense for the Langfords to be like, no, we're not going to go to Kansas because of the Adidas stuff? Well, hold on. Do we really think that if Adidas is doing stuff for Kansas, that they're not doing illegal activities for Indiana? Indiana is also one of their flagship basketball programs. And I'm willing to concede that Adidas is probably not doing as much for Indiana as Kansas. But I I think it would be childish to believe that Adidas is only helping Kansas and not helping their other Adidas flagship basketball programs like Indiana. I think that would be childish to believe. Romeo may not come to Kansas, but I don't think it's going to be good. (laughs) Good Lord. I don't think it's going to be because of the FBI situation. Um... Another narrative I see going around out there that I also disagree with is the notion that since Romeo is announcing his decision at his high school and this decision is open to the public in Indiana, that means he's going to Indiana. And I I just don't agree with that either because the city of New Albany, Indiana, 
is barely in the state of Indiana. It's two hours from Bloomington, and it's essentially on the border of Kentucky, right? He's closer to Louisville than he is to Bloomington. So I, I just don't agree with like the narrative that he's some diehard Hoosier fan, and he doesn't want to let the hometown state down, right? And then we have this quote from Ten Langford, Romeo's father. Uh, it was the other day or the other week. I have it written down for you guys. He said, you can't please everybody. You control what you can control. Doing it in public, that is just to show our appreciation of a great four years at New Albany. He wanted to do something different and allow the fans to be a part of it. But as far as pleasing all of the fans, you aren't going to do that no matter what you do. That's what Tim Langford said. So, like, the main two narratives I hear is for the he's going to Indiana over Kansas. One, the FBI. I don't agree with it. Two, he doesn't want to let down his home fans. Don't agree with that either. So he could still very well be going to Indiana, but I just think Kansas has a lot better shot at it than people are giving him credit for. And so let's break this down even further. One, Bill Self has been notorious for being good at recruiting in the spring. And another thing that fascinates me is the fact that there are tons of grad transfers out there who are capable guards, and you haven't really heard about KU being in on any of them or offering any of them. Or looking for any of them, right? I just feel like that might be a sign that Kansas is confident in their chances with Romeo. So last thing on Romeo, KU doesn't need him per se. But it would be very nice to have for this reason. So my main concerns going into next year as a Kansas basketball fan. One would be the lack of junior and senior leadership in the backcourt. Two Another concern for me is the ability to knock down the three-point shot, right? In the past season, KU, one of the best KU three-point shooting teams of all time, shot 40% as a team from three. They put in 391 of them. That's a lot of threes, right? Last season alone, Devontae had 110 makes, 40%. Svee had 115 makes, 44%. Malik had 85 makes, 41% from three. And then you look at what Kansas has coming in this year, or I mean coming back next year, it's not pretty from the three-point arc. Marcus Garrett, 26% shooter, has 12 makes in his life in college. Sam Cunliffe, 37%, has 17 makes in his career. Charlie Moore, 35%, 45 makes in his career. Diedrich Lawson, 30%, 58 makes in his career. KJ, 31%, 24 makes in his career. Doak, not happening. Sylvia, not happening. And then Mitch Lightfoot is actually the best percentage-wise three-point shooter coming at, coming back for Kansas on scholarship, 40% with eight makes. Our best returning scholarship player percentage-wise from three is Mitch Lightfoot. Mitch freaking Lightfoot. Our eight players that have played college basketball coming back have combined to make 164 threes for their careers. For their careers. Svee and Devontae last year made 225 combined in one season. And the rest of our entire roster coming back for next year has made 164 combined amongst the eight of them for their careers. So that's a little concerning to me. Add in that with the fact that Quentin Grimes and Devin Dotson aren't known, aren't best known for their ability to knock down the three-pointer. So that's concerning to me. I, I feel like college basketball is seemingly moving to a little bit of the NBA style of ball, the Golden State Warriors, the Houston Rockets model of spread the court, shoot a lot of threes and dunks. That's what Villanova has done the last three years. 
and they got two titles to show for it, right? And as of this moment, it does not appear Kansas has a stable of guys who can knock down the three-point jumper. Romeo would obviously help out with that. So that's kind of why I really want Romeo. And I don't think it's being talked about enough that Kansas has, like, no shooters next year. So we will see what happens tomorrow night. Romeo set to announce his decision on where he will attend college. Tomorrow. But I think Kansas has a good shot out, a good shot at it. Um, a lot of people saying that it's, it's for sure Indiana. I disagree. I think Kansas has a pretty good shot at it. So we will see tomorrow night. Diedrich from three. UNC two years ago proved you can do it with bigs. There's no set in stone formula for winning a title. But I would just feel more comfortable with Kansas having more shooters. With that, we'll take questions. Poor effort out of the commenters tonight. I don't know what's going on. Uh, we talked we talked life advice. We got pretty deep. We talked NFL draft takeaways. We talked uh, Romeo Lankford. We talked Josh Allen's tweets. If he's one and done, would he want to ring? See, that's 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 the thing. Because we've seen lately, we've seen guys that are ranked in the top five, like Ben Simmons, like Trey Young, like Michael Porter Jr. They didn't go to a blue blood because I guess that winning wasn't as important to them. Trey Young obviously had a fantastic year. He's going to be a top ten pick. Michael Porter Jr. didn't really matter. Still going to be a top ten pick. Ben Simmons, his team was terrible. They didn't even make the tournament. Was a top ten pick. Markel Fultz, team was terrible. Top ten pick. So... It's personal preference for these high-end recruits. And we'll see what Romeo wants to do. If he comes to Kansas, he'll obviously be immediately competing for a national championship. If he goes to Indiana or Vanderbilt, he will not be. So, any questions before we take off tonight? Sunday's at 9. Go Royals. Yeah, I don't think they do care about winning that much. Some of them do. Some of them obviously do. But a lot of these guys, I mean, it doesn't really matter. It's just a it's just a pit stop on the way to a paycheck. Yeah, mo more of just going to a place to get them NBA ready. No better place to do that than Kansas, Romeo, if you're watching. So with that, we will take off tonight. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Same place, same time. Will the Royals lose 100? Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> They were, but like I said at the start, at the start, don't let them get hot. Don't let them get hot. They were five and twenty. They're now seven and twenty. Uh, so don't let them get hot. What do you think makes a bigger difference in recruiting, basketball or women? Uh, <laughs> uh, probably basketball. If you're a top ten guy, I think you can think you can get women wherever you go. Those bank accounts aren't ugly. So with that, we'll take off. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Peace, maybe.